Hello, adventurer, and welcome to the Skyrim Book Club, the on-the-go solution for the busy adventure in Tamriel's coldest, far-reaching province. Let us collect the literature and lore of this great province for you and put it into a portable package so that you never have to stop fighting dragons, picking flowers, or stealing from shopkeepers when they aren't looking. With an ever-increasing archive, SkyrimBookClub.ca has got the story for you. Until next time, enjoy the book. A Dance in Fire, Chapter 7, by Wagin Yarth. Chapter 7 of A Clerk's Adventures in Valenwood. Scene, Sylvanar, Valenwood. Date, Thirteen Sun's Dusk, Third Era, 397. The banquet of the Palace of the Sylvanar was well attended by every jealous bureaucrat and traitor who had attempted to contract the rebuilding of Valenwood. They looked on Decimus Scotty, Leodes Eurus, and Basseth with undisguised hatred. It made Scotty very uncomfortable, but Eurus delighted in it. As the servants brought in platter after platter of roasted meats, Eurus poured himself a cup of jaga and toasted the clerk. "'I can confess it now,' said Eurus. "'I had grave doubts about inviting you to join me on this adventure. All the other clerks and agents of building commissions I contacted were more outwardly aggressive, but none of them made it through, let alone to the audience chamber of the Sylvanar, let alone brokered the deals on their own like you did. Come, have a cup of jaga with me.' "'No, thank you,' said Scotty. I had too much of that drug in Falinesti, and nearly got sucked dry by a giant tick because of it. I'll find something else to drink. Scotty wandered about the hall until he saw some diplomats drinking mugs of a steaming brown liquid, poured from a large silver urn. He asked them if it was tea. Tea made from leaves, scoffed the first diplomat. Not in Valenwood. This is Rotmath. Scotty poured himself a mug and took a tentative sip. It was gamey, bitter and sugared, and very salty. At first, it seemed very disagreeable to his palate, but a moment later, he found he had drained the mug and was pouring another. His body tingled. All the sounds in the chamber seemed oddly disjointed, but not frighteningly so. So, you're the fellow who got the Sylvanar to sign all those contracts, said the second diplomat. That must have required some deep negotiation. Not at all. Not at all. Just a little basic understanding. Mercantile trading, grinned Scotty, pouring himself a third mug of rotmeth. The Sylvanar was very eager to involve the Imperial State with the affairs of Balenwood. I was very eager to take a percentage of the commission. With all that blessed eagerness, it was merely a matter of putting Quill to contract. Bless you. You have been in the employ of His Imperial Majesty very long? asked the first diplomat. It's a bite, or rather, a bit more complicated than that in the Imperial City. Between you and me, I don't really have a job. I used to work for Lord Atreus and his building commission, but I got sacked. And then, the contracts are from Lord Vanek and his building commission, because I got them from this fellow Reglius, who is a competitor, but still a very fine fellow, until he was made dead by those Khajidi. Scotty drained his fifth mug. When I go back to the Imperial City, then the real negotiations can begin, bless you. I can go to my old employer and to Lord Vanek and say, Look here, you. Which one of you wants these commissions? And they'll fall all over each other to take them from me. It will be bidding war for my percentage, the likes of which no one nowhere has never seen. So you're not a representative of his imperial majesty, the emperor? asked the first diplomat. Didn't you hear what I'm said, you stupid? Scotty felt a surge of rage, which quickly subsided. He chuckled and poured himself a seventh mug. The building commissions are privately owned, but they're still representatives of the emperor. So I'm a representative of the emperor, or I will be, when I get these contracts in. It's very complicated. I can understand why you're not following me. Bless you. It's all like the poet said, a dance in fire, if you follow the illusion, that is to say, illusion. And your colleagues? Are they representatives of the Emperor? asked the second diplomat. Scotty burst into laughter, shaking his head. The diplomats bade him their respects and went to talk to the minister. 
Scotty stumbled out of the palace and reeled through the strange organic avenues and boulevards of the city. It took him several hours to find his way to Prithala Hall and his room. Once there, he slept, very nearly on his bed. The next morning, he woke to Eurus and Basseth in his room, shaking him. He felt half asleep and unable to open his eyes fully, but otherwise fine. The conversation with the diplomats floated in his mind like a haze, like an obscure childhood memory. What in Mare's name's Rotmeth? he asked quickly. Rancid, strong fermented meat juices with lots of spices to kill the poisons, smiled Basseth. I should have warned you to stay with Jaga. You must understand the meat mandate by now, laughed Eurus. These Bosmeri would rather eat each other than touch the fruit of the vine or the field. What did I say to those diplomats? cried Scotty, panicking. Nothing bad, apparently, said Eurus, pulling out some papers. Your escorts are downstairs to bring you to the Imperial province. Here are your papers of safe passage. The Sylvanar seems very impatient about business proceeding forward rapidly. He promises to send you some sort of rare treasure when the contracts are fulfilled. See? He's already given me something. Eurus showed off his new, bejeweled earring, a beautiful, large, faceted ruby. Basseth showed that he had a similar one. The two fat fellows left the room so Scotty could dress and pack. A full regiment of the Sylvanar's guards was on the street in front of the tavern. They surrounded a carriage crested with the official arms of Valenwood. Still dazed, Scotty climbed in, and the captain of the guard gave the signal. They began a quick gallop. Scotty shook himself and then peered behind. Basseth and Eurus were waving him goodbye. Wait! Scotty cried. Aren't you coming back to the Imperial province too? The Sylvanar asked that we stay behind as Imperial representatives, yelled Laides Eurus, in case there's a need for more contracts and negotiations. He's appointed us under ape, some sort of special honor for foreigners at court. Don't worry, lots of banquets to attend. You can handle the negotiations with Vanek and Atreus yourself, and we'll keep things settled here. Yoris continued to yell advice about business, but his voice became indistinct with distance. Soon it disappeared altogether as the convoy rounded the streets of Sylvanar. The jungle loomed suddenly, and then they were in it. Scotty had only gone through it by foot or along the rivers by slow-moving boats. Now it flashed all around him in profusions of green. The horses seemed even faster moving through underbrush than on the smooth paths of the city. None of the weird sounds or dank smells of the jungle penetrated the escort. It felt to Scotty as if he were watching a play about the jungle with a background of a quick-moving scrim, which offered only the merest suggestion of the place. So it went for two weeks. There was lots of food and water in the carriage with the clerk, so he merely ate and slept as the caravan pressed endlessly on. From time to time, he'd hear the sound of blades clashing, but when he looked around, whatever had attacked the caravan had long since been left behind. At last, they reached the border, where an imperial garrison was stationed. Scotty presented the soldiers who met the carriage with the papers. They asked him a barrage of questions that he answered monosyllabically, and then let him pass. It took several more days to arrive at the gates of the imperial city. The horses that had flown so fast through the jungle now slowed down in the unfamiliar territory of the wooded Colovian estates. By contrast, the cries of his province's birds and smells of his province's plant life brought Decimus Scotty alive. It was as if he had been dreaming all the past months. At the gates of the city, Scotty's carriage door was opened for him, and he stepped out on uncertain legs. Before he had a moment to say something to the escort, they had vanished, galloping back south through the forest. The first thing he did now that he was at home was go to the closest tavern and have tea and fruit and bread. If he never ate meat again, he told himself, that would suit him very nicely. Negotiations with Lord Atreus and Lord Vanek proceeded immediately thereafter. It was most agreeable. Both commissions recognized how lucrative the rebuilding of Balenwood would be for their agency. Lord Vanek claimed, quite justifiably, that as the contracts had been written on forms notarized by his commission, he had the legal right to them. 
Lord Atreus claimed that Decimus Scotty was his agent and representative, and that he had never been released from employment. The Emperor was called to arbitrate, but he claimed to be unavailable. His advisor, the Imperial battle mage Jaeger Tharn, had disappeared long ago, and could not be called on for his wisdom and impartial mediation. Scotty lived very comfortably off the bribes from Lord Atreus and Lord Vanek. Every week, a letter would arrive from Eurus or Basseth asking about the status of negotiations. Gradually, these letters ceased coming, and more urgent ones came from the Minister of Trade and the Sylvanar himself. The War of the Blue Divide with the Somerset Isle ended with the Altmeri winning several new coastal islands from the Wood Elves. The war with elsewhere continued, ravaging the eastern borders of Valenwin. Still, Vanek and Atreus fought over who would help. One fine morning in the early spring of the year Third Era 398, a courier arrived at Decumus Scotty's door. Lord Vanek has won the Valenwood Commission, and requests that you and the contracts come to his hall at your earliest convenience. Has Lord Atreus decided not to challenge further? asked Scotty. He's been unable to, having died very suddenly, just now, from a terribly unfortunate accident, said the courier. Scotty had wondered how long it would be before the Dark Brotherhood was brought in for final negotiations. As he walked toward Lord Vanek's building commission, a long, severe piece of architecture on a minor but respectable plaza, he wondered if he had played the game as he ought to have. Could Vanek be so rapacious as to offer him a lower percentage of the commission now that his chief competitor was dead? Thankfully, he discovered, Lord Vanek had already decided to pay Scotty what he had proposed during the heat of the winter negotiations. His advisors had explained to him that other, lesser building commissions might come forward unless the matter were handled quickly and fairly. Glad we have all the legal issues done with, said Lord Vanek fondly. Now we can get to the business of helping the poor Bosmeri and collecting the profits. It's a pity you weren't our representative for all the troubles with Bender Mach and the Arnesian business, but there will be plenty of more wars, I'm sure of that. Scotty and Lord Vanek sent word to the Sylvanar that at last they were prepared to honor the contracts. A few weeks later, they held a banquet in honor of the profitable enterprise. Decimus Scotty was the darling of the Imperial City, and no expense was spared to make it an unforgettable evening. As Scotty met the nobles and wealthy merchants who would be benefiting from his business dealings, an exotic but somehow faintly familiar smell rose in the ballroom. He traced it to its source, a thick roasted slab of meat, so long and thick it covered several platters. The Cyrodiilic revelers were eating it ravenously, unable to find the words to express their delight at its taste and texture. It's like nothing I've ever had before. It's like pig-fed venison. Do you see the marbling of fat and meat? It's a masterpiece. Scotty went to take a slice, but then he saw something embedded deep in the dried and rendered roast. He nearly collided with his new employer, Lord Vanek, as he stumbled back. Where did this come from? Scotty stammered. From our client, the Sylvanar, beamed his lordship. It's some kind of local delicacy they call Untharapa. Scotty vomited and did not stop for some time. It cast rather a temporary pall on the evening, but when Decimus Scotty was carried off to his manor house, the guests continued to dine. The untharapa was the delight of all, even more so when Lord Vanek himself took a slice and found the first of two rubies buried within. How very clever of the Bosmer to invent such a dish, the Cyrodiils agreed. 